The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with co-host Jacob Greer. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and Jacob Greer. Voice of America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice of America Sports Network. I'm Lee Mont Williams and my co-host is Jacob Greer. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144 or you can email us at Sports at yahoo.com. Jacob, you getting any rain over there by your house? Oh yeah, man, it's, it's coming down pretty good over here. Yeah, it's got a nice little thunderstorm over here on the northeast side of Houston, but uh, we'll survive. Uh, How's your week going so far? Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see. See if you see if you up for talking some sports today. Let's go ahead and start the show. Today we'll talk about Usain Bolt breaking the 100-meter track record. We'll discuss NFL players lockout in uh, 2011. We'll go around the NFL, recap this past weekend NFL preseason games. But first, Jacob, let's talk about Brett Favre returning to the NFL. Uh, Brett Favre, he's back signed a $10 million contract to play for the Vikings uh, this season. Stated that he had some left in the tank. And with the Vikings offense being a work in progress, in my opinion, I think it was a good good move. Uh, Jacob, do you believe Brett Favre would have stayed retired throughout the, I mean, through this uh, 2009 season? Well, I tell you what, I know the uh, people in Minnesota is very glad to have him, uh, you know, with that organization. But, uh, you know, we just have, we, we have to wait and see how it play out. I know it's going to take a little time for Brett to, uh, you know, learn the Minnesota Vikings playbook. But uh, we just have to wait and see how it plays out. I actually sat there and watched the press conference when I got home from work. Because I'm just, you know, still studying, trying to be a student of the game from the media side. And, and one thing that Brett said that stood out to me was he he, he felt like he was good for football. And I and I like that. I like the fact that he's thinking of, uh, you know, even though all the hoopla as far as, you know, back and forth, you know, just make a decision, not going to make a decision. He's coming. He's not coming. But, he, he you know, he understands it, it, this game is bigger than him. And the fact that he's coming back only going to enhance the game, not hurt it. And I, and I agree with him. I think him coming back to the NFL will make the Minnesota Vikings contenders as well as raise the level in the NFC. Well, well, I tell you what, you know, for Minnesota, especially the players, I know that, you know, they're glad that carousel is over regarding Brett Favre. And now, you know, they can move forward knowing that, you know, they have a guy in their camp uh, that can take them to the next level. You know, I don't know if Rosenthal was the answer. Uh, You know, he's definitely a good player. So is Jackson. But, you know, when, when you have Brett Favre, you've seen what he has done, and he can definitely, you know, take that team to the next level. Well, Brett, you know, don't have to be the same Brett that he was a couple of years ago. I mean, he just had to come in there and control the game and maintain the game. They have a great running back within Adrian Peterson. They have a, a decent tight end, uh, Fasante Shenko, as well as uh, above-average uh, defensive, uh, defensive guys with a great D-line. So I think that Brett will come in and kind of control and oversee the offense, and if they need that big pass late in the fourth quarter, you know, he probably can pull one or two out out of his repertoire. So let's go ahead and recap the Minnesota Vikings and the coach game from last preseason. You say you stated uh say Rosenfeld now positions up for Jeopardy. But you know, Jacob, this last game he looked pretty sharp in my opinion. I thought he did pretty well. He led the Vikings in, you know, to two scores in his first two series. However, your buddy from uh, from from the SWAT conference, Tavares Jackson, he didn't do too well. Uh he only produced one field goal in two quarters, man. Uh, now that Brett Favre is back, Jacob, who do you think won that brief quarterback battle from this past weekend? Well, I, you know, Rosenthal definitely looked like the better quarterback this weekend. 
you know, however, you know, you got to understand what Tavares Jackson is, is going through. You know, he was once a starter. Now you bring in Rosenthal. Now, you know, you're pushing him back. But you got to understand, he's still a young quarterback. I mean, he came into the league, and he was pretty much thrust into that quarterback position for Minnesota, you know, at a young age, and he's still young. So, you know, he, he has time. I, I think he's going to be a very, very good quarterback. You know, Rosenthal is very seasoned, uh, you know, you know, here, you know, when he was here with the uh, Texans. So, you know, if I had to start today, I would definitely have Farb as a starter with Rosenthal at second and Jackson at third. Well, Jackson got in, came in the league, and the league really says not for long. So he, you know, yeah, you said you stated that he's a young quarterback, but he needs to produce. Uh, he's been in that system for three years. So it's time for him to produce, and I really think he'll be successful elsewhere and not, not at Minnesota. Uh, I don't think he fits that scheme. But uh, let's go on the other side of the ball. Let's talk a little bit about the Colts. Uh, the Colts pretty much was in preseason mode. They, they benched five offensive starters, and they set their five starting DBs down. But they downright looked ugly, Jacob, man. They didn't play that well. The timing was off. Peyton Manning got sacked three times in the first quarter. Uh, you know, do you think that, uh, Jacob, do you think that the Colts will take a step back this season under this new head coach, Jim no, I, I, you know, I think there's going to be a curve, you know, where the guys are going to have to learn the, you know, the new coach's system and get acclimated to what, you know, Caldwell is trying to do as a head coach. But, you know, I, I give them maybe three or four games, uh, and you should pretty much see the old, uh, you should pretty much see the old uh, Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, if they can fix their secondary issues that they have, and I know uh, uh, Bob Sanders is dealing with some issues, some injury issues, and, and my, my boy Antoine Bethea from out of Howard. He broke his hand last week, so uh, if they can fix their secondary issue, I think they'll be okay on the defensive end. On the offensive end, they did have a few bright spots, but one bright spot, and that was rookie Donald Brown, the running back out of Connecticut. He looked he looked good in, uh, in spurts during the preseason games last week, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do with this season. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk a little bit more about some more quarterbacks. Let's talk about Michael Vick being signed by the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Vick signed a one-year deal for $1.6 million with the team option for a second year for $5.2 million. Uh, Vic stated in his press conference that he was seeking for a second chance, and Philadelphia granted that chance for him. Uh, Jacob, in my opinion, I think this is one of those low-risk, high-reward situations. Uh, but most importantly, I, I really like the fact that Donald McNabb lobbied for Vic uh, prior to leaving prison. I think that showed a sign of maturity on McNabb's part and just kind of showed that he's at a different level in his career right now. He got a contract, his two-year contract extension this past summer, so it's not about money with him. Uh, it's clear, clearly shows that he's all about winning the Super Bowl this season. Well, not only Donovan McNabb, but, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles organization. You know, there was a lot of organizations who probably wanted, you know, Michael Vick, and they were afraid to take him. Uh, you know, Philadelphia Eagles putting everything aside and, uh, you know, bringing Michael Vick in, hoping that he could lead them to where they want to go. So, you know, I give kudos not only to Donovan McNabb, but to the front office of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles as well. Yeah, let's continue talking a little bit more about Vic. This past Sunday, Vic sat down with 60 Minutes, James Brown, to discuss his dog fighting past. Vic stated that he cried when he was in prison about his guilt that he felt about being involved in dog fighting. Uh, Jacob, if you got a chance to see that interview, uh, what did you feel and what did you think about Vic the interview with James Brown? Well, I, you know, the thing that I was looking for was uh, I wanted Vic to be a little bit more uh, remorseful in what he was saying. And uh, I don't know if I got that from him i do think he's he's uh he's he's saddened by what what happened uh but in terms of you know um uh looking for the remorseful and i think everybody was looking for that i don't think we got it what you mean he didn't show remorse i mean what are you supposed to be boohooing on the on on camera i, I really think you know besides the fact that i know him i'm tired of saying that every week because i do know him personally but uh, you know, I, I thought he was very remorseful. I thought he, you know, he, he didn't dodge from any questions. You know, he, he stood up as a man and he uh, admitted to the fact that he was wrong. He made some mistakes. He kind of acknowledged where he developed that culture from from an early age. And Jay, I think JB asked him about, uh, mentioned to him, or uh, Vic mentioned to JB that he, you know, it was a time where in his neighborhood that the police came over and, and saw that it was a dog fighting going on and, and kind of turned they turned they, their head and their their back on it as if it was okay. So not using that as an excuse, but I thought it was I was fairly I was fairly impressed the way he stood up from it. He didn't it wasn't like a, a your boy A Rod type of deal when he confessed about steroids where he 
threw the blame on his cousin or somebody else. I just really thought that Vic stood up and then and he couldn't blame nobody but himself. And, and I, I, I'm excited that he was able to, to do that in front of the media and kind of put down, be able to put that behind him. So all in all, I thought it was a, a great interview. So uh, McNabb, you know, we stated earlier that McNabb showed some maturity by lobbying for Vic, uh, for Vic to come to the Eagles. But also McNabb stated this week, Jacob, that uh, he has no problem with Vic taking some snaps this season. And he also joked about even lining up as wide receiver or tight end during the game when Vic gets in. Uh, how do you think the, the Eagles will use Mike Vic this season, uh, uh, Jacob? Well, you know, it, um, it, it just takes a big person, Lamont, to step aside and uh, and bring a guy in who's probably better than you are at, at your, your position or or is more athletic athletic than you are uh, at your position so that just speaks volumes for uh, Donovan McNabb but I, and and I think he sees a big picture with Mike Vick that others don't see uh, where 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 will you know Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick line up in the, in the Wildcat system I don't know but I tell you what when you have both of those guys on the field it's going to be tough to uh, defend. Well, it all depends on uh, Vic explosiveness. If he's still the same Vic, well, I can't say he's the same because he sat up for two years, but if he has any kind of uh, being explosive off the line or out of the backfield left in the system, I think they can they can work him in and do some, some great stuff with him, uh, put him in the shotgun. Uh, I really think they're going to take this Wildcat thing to the next level. So uh, that remains to be seen, and hopefully he plays some preseason games, and I want to see how they work him into the package. So I think he will continue to play quarterback, but as well, play some uh, a wildcat or probably line up in the slot. Uh, let's talk. We, we had John Inglesby on here, our uh, uh, New England Patriot insider last week, and we was all excited about Tom Brady re- returning to the game from his knee surgery, and that pretty much got overshadowed by Mike Vick. But uh, let's let's recap the New England Patriots game uh, last week against the Eagles. Jacob, uh, Tom Brady, he threw two touchdown passes to tight end Chris Baker and ran well in the pocket, not showing any signs from a hurt knee, uh, completing 10 for 15 passes for 100 yards. Jacob, give me your opinion on Tom Brady's performance from last week. Well, I'll tell you what, Lamont, he looked great, and, you know, if he can, you know, if he can, uh, if he can take what he did in the preseason and, and spread it throughout the season, you know, New England is going to uh, have a great year. I mean, his passes was very crisp. Uh, he was, his pocket presence was there, and, you know, he, he, he looked great. He looked Look like the old Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, we got less than 30 seconds for our, our break, so we can go ahead and break now. And after this break, we'll come back and talk about Dante Starworth as well as the Houston Texans. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports from the vantage point mafatu saw six war canoes drawn up on the beach but what held the boys eyes in awful trance were the figures the eaters of men cannibals mafatu watched the strange scene powerless to move in that very instant he heard a crashing in the undergrowth four figures were tearing through the jungle he turned and ran blindly down the trail thinking only of its canoe if only he could reach it before the savages overtook him explore new worlds find out what happens next by reading the book call it courage by armstrong sperry for other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. Jacob, before we went to break, we was talking about Vince Young, not Vince Young, I'm sorry, Michael Vick, as well as Tom Brady and Brett Favre. We got a great, uh, good listener that was patiently waiting on hold, Mike, on the line with us. So I got Mike on on the show Outside the Huddle with us. So, Mike, I want to get your opinion on Brett Favre and uh, Michael Vick. I appreciate that, uh, Jacob Lemont. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's your show. I definitely want to have some concise comments, but stay with me here just a second. Uh, first of all, uh, the Michael Vick thing, I think that just speaks volumes about maybe what none of us really realized was the capacity or capability of the Eagles as an organization to say nothing of the maturity that we continue to see from Donovan McNabb, whether it's the way he was treated when he was first drafted, the ridiculous comments made by Rush Limbaugh, and all the other silly things that have gone in his career. He just... You know, batting a thousand when it comes to uh, holding his head high as a man and doing the right thing. And I think that's going to be a really exciting offense. Uh, I think the NFC East probably is going to uh, go to them to say, you know, not to take anything away from the, uh, the Giants or the Cowboys, but can you imagine those guys in a wishbone formation with no quarterback? You don't know where the quick snap's going to go. It's going to be really exciting. But, uh, you know, hats off to the Eagles organization having the, uh, the wherewithal to try to pull this off. Looks like they're going to do it the right way. And, and again, and you can't say enough about the maturity of Donovan McNabb to apparently have bought into it wholeheartedly and really support it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, now I know you've been watching this uh, Brett Favre situation up there in Minnesota. What's your take on Brett coming back to the NFL? Well, you know, a lot of people are kind of, uh, you know, kicking the tin can and going, ah, oh, what is this Brett Favre drama and everything like that. But I think it's kind of refreshing. You know, the tragedy of the Titans with McNair, uh, the DUI-related manslaughter thing with Dante Stallworth. How nice is it that we've got a guy who just seems to love uh, the game of football and the worst thing that can be said by people is that, you know, I don't appreciate that he's trying to be bigger than the game and that kind of thing. Well, you know, you know it, it, the, the sports especially professional sports is entertainment, you know, it's show business and, you know, show business, you know, not show pleasure. So there's a lot that goes into this. And if a person makes a decision that what they want to do is, uh, is what's best for them, that kind of thing. I think it's interesting how often in life you can kind of, uh, see a similarity or, or see that what sports is as a metaphor to our own lives. It's, I just kind of look at it kind of like a relationship. You look at these, uh, Packers fans that, that, that feel so put out and that kind of thing. It's kind of like when you, you know, you had a, a great girlfriend and she was kind of flaky and, you know, the other behavioral idiosyncrasies continue to uh, have an impact on you throughout your entire relationship. And finally you say, listen, I know the good is good, but I can't take the bad anymore. I got to, I got to get rid of this, even though she wants to stay there. You know, Brett Favre wanted to come back and he said, enough is enough. Well, someone else picked him up. And yeah. you can't be, you know, all, uh, or as the kids say, you can't be a hater on that. The guy wants to continue to play. And I just think it's nice that, uh, now this is the kind of thing that we have to talk about. I think it's pretty exciting and, uh, can be scary what he can do when you've got the kind of, uh, weapons and the ability to manage a game as opposed to having to try to, uh, gunsling the Vikings through the season. You know, he's in a conference with which he's familiar. He's familiar with the offensive coordinator. He's familiar with that division. Uh, look out for the Vikings. It's going to be dangerous. going to be exciting to watch, that's for sure. Yeah, let me go and reset for the listeners. We're talking with a good listener of ours, Mike. He always called in. He hasn't called in lately, but he called in today to kind of chime in on the Michael Vick and Brett Favre situation. So I'm going to open it up for Jacob. Jacob, you got a question for our good listener, Mike? Oh, yeah, Mike. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, – on the uh, um, Tom Brady uh, situation going on in New England. 
I think Tom Brady is a, an amazing story. And, you know, how about him going down in just a, the first couple of minutes uh, you know, the first quarter last year, and then they just roll on to an 11-5 and record, not even good enough to make the playoffs. Looks like he was really focused on rehabbing himself and getting uh, well physically, but more than anything, like you brought up, he's well mentally. He had the pocket presence, didn't seem to have the fear. He didn't have those uh, Chris Everett uh, toe-tapping feet like he was worried about getting hit. He's rimming full of confidence, uh, uh, good zip on the passes, and we already know what he represents as far as leadership with the rest of the team there. They've, they've definitely got his back and appreciate having him there on the field. And We'll see if uh, Mr. Castle works out over there in Kansas City. Didn't look like it was going to be a great start for him, but uh, it looks like the captain's at the helm of the ship again. That's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, we all excited to see Brady back, and it's good for the league, in my opinion. You know, back to Brett Favre's situation, you know, I stated earlier in the last segment that one thing that stood out to me that Brett Favre said in his press conference that he said that it was good for football. Him coming back was good for football, it was good for the NFL. And, you know, that shows that, you know, the league is is, is always growing, and, and it makes it exciting. You know, it makes it exciting, makes people want to turn in every Sunday and want to see what's going on. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out with uh, Brett Favre in Minnesota as well as Tom Brady in New England. But, Mike, we appreciate you calling in, man. Haven't heard from you in a while. Good to call in and continue to listen to Outside the Huddle with, with myself and Jacob. Hey, Levon, Jacob, thanks so much. And, again, if the worst thing you say about Brett Favre and the Vikings is that there are a couple of groups that want to get together and do good things, that's pretty good. At least it's not like out there at the Raiders where we got coaches punching each other and that kind of thing. <laughs> he is good for the NFL. Let's see what happens. Y'all have a good night and a great show. Okay, right, Mike. Man. Thanks for Take calling. Thank you, Mike. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and move forward, Jacob. A couple of minutes. I think we have about four minutes for our next break. So let's talk about a few other storylines in the NFL. Uh, a big one from last week was Dante Stallworth, Commissioner uh, Goodell, came down with the hammer suspending uh, Dante Stallworth without pay for the whole 2009 season for violating the NFL personal conduct policy as well as the substance abuse policy. Here, here's the thing. I, you know, people try to compare this to the Vic situation. It's two different things. I think Goodell is looking at everything from a separate entity situation type of deal from a business standpoint. And this one right here, man, is, is really ugly from a PR standpoint. It's like if you would have accepted him back in with no punishment, with just the uh, punishment he got from the, uh, I guess, from the state of Florida or from, from Miami, I think that's where he got prosecuted down in Miami with the 24 days in jail, then he would got a lot of flack. But uh, I wanna, we're going to talk a little bit more about Commissioner because he got some other, some other stuff on his hands. Uh, I know Mike just mentioned about the coach and, and the Raiders, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's go ahead and uh, recap and talk about our Texans, man. Texans played the Kansas City Chiefs this past Saturday and won their first preseason game in a downpouring rain. Uh, it was kind of like the Chris and Chris show, Jacob. Uh, Chris Brown, the running back, scored a two-yard run, looked good. He'd been out all last season with a hurt back, and our kicker, Chris Brown, uh, with a K, kicked three field goals. Uh, however, our Texans, we suffered a lot of injuries that, that preseason game, Jacob. We lost quarterback Rex Grossman to a hamstring. Uh, tight end George Riesel, he uh, injured his knee, hyperstended his knee. Safety Troy uh, Nolan broke his hand. Uh, Boomer Grisby hurt his ankle. And, uh, you know, all in all, great great play by the D-line. He was constantly getting pressure up the field. Uh, rookie D-end, rookie uh, defensive end, Connor Baldwin had a sack during the game. That was very impressive, as well as Frank uh, Ocam. Frank Ocam also entered the lineman. D-tackle played well, getting his hands up, knocking some passes down. Uh, they actually signed a couple of guys this week. They re-signed a quarterback, Alex Brink, that they released earlier before they signed Rich Grossman. So he's back on the squad. And uh, they moved tight end uh, James Casey to fullback to kind of help there uh, for uh, Boomer Grisby uh, position. And they signed uh, Kehara uh, uh, Campbell as a linebacker. I don't know why they signed him, but they signed him as a linebacker. Maybe they feel they need more help at the linebacker spot. But uh, this week I've been out there watching the Texans and covering them every week. They've been practicing scrimmaging against the New Orleans Saints. And they have another practice scrimmage tomorrow. And they have a preseason game that I'll be attending on Saturday. So, uh, Jacob, we'll keep the listeners updated. 
as the Texans continue to play preseason uh, football this, this, this up-and-coming season, get ready for the regular season. Let's go ahead and stay with the Saints a little bit and talk about the Saints kicker, Jacob, before our next break. Uh, 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 the Saints kicker, um, Gary uh, Hartley, I'm sorry, he planned, he planned to, uh, well, the NFL suspended him for four games for testing positive for banned stimulus. Uh, his banned stimulus was uh, Adderall that was in the uh, substance that he was taking. But, you know, Jacob, we talk about this every week. Guys making bonehead decisions. I think you stated last week about guys getting personal nutrition. So, Garrett Hartley uh, on injury reserve, he might lose his jobs <laughs> over a bonehead decision like that. I think he took those uh, supplements to kind of stay up from a drive from Florida to New Orleans or something like that. So that was kind of a bonehead decision. But let's go ahead and talk about some other stuff that, that took place. And we we on this bonehead decision uh, situation. So let's talk about this Raider situation out there in Oakland. Crazy story came out that Tom Cable's the head coach, punch assistant coach Randy Hansen in the face or in the jaw, something like that, and, and Hansen went to the hospital, reported, didn't report it, but he had to file a police report, and it came out a couple of days ago that he, you know, that Cable, uh, Tom Cable, the coach, slipped a chair, and, and Randy was sitting in there, hit his jaw on a on cabinet. I mean, so much he say, she say out this, and then the league is investigating now, Jacob, but uh, do you believe, you know, that Tom Cable punches his coach, or you think he fell out the chair like they stated? Um, I, I don't know if Tom Cables went as far as punching the guy, but something uh, something transpired in that, and and, and it's going to eventually come out as to what happened. Yeah, I, I stated earlier about uh, Roger Goodell and the Dante Stallworth situation. I really think he got some mess on his hands now with this situation because if he's laying the law down and laying the hammer down on these players, I really want to see how he's going. If it's find out to be true that Tom Cables did punch the coach in his face, I still can't believe that, uh, and broke his jaw. I want to see how he punished this guy. I, you know, I think he needs to be suspended. If, if worst case scenario, I think he needs to be kicked out of the league because, you know, you can't say to the players, uh, you know, one strike and you're out pretty much. That's what it is. If you violate the uh, player conduct policy, you pretty much join you know, your careers online. So I feel like the same way you should be for the coaches. Do you yeah, agree? but you you got to understand, Lamont, you're taking over a head coaching position with an organization that is just totally in, you know, dismay. And uh, you have to go in and clean up everything within that organization. You know, you have to make it make it, make it it known that you are serious about everything that's, that's going on within the organization. And, you know, we don't know what happened between Hanson and Cable, but I tell you what, if something did transpire between those two, Cable pretty much has everything uh, within that organization on lock because everybody knows that he's serious about this head coaching position. Well, we have less than 30 seconds for our next break, so we'll go ahead and take a break now, and after we come back from our break, we'll continue this discussion about this Tom Cable punching the coach in the face, as well as some other NFL news. Next on Outside the Huddle with Levon Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may contain vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who will work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor and sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. 
Hey, y'all, this is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice American Sports Network. Jacob, before we went to break, we had a nice discussion about this Raiders Tom Cables uh, allegedly punching the face or hitting the face. Randy Hanson, the assistant coach over there. And, and for, if we go ahead and recap for the listeners, you go ahead and say what you stated before we went to the break. That way we can, uh, the listeners can pick up on what well, we here's my thing with Here's my thing with Tom Cables. I, you know, number one, I think he was a good hire. I I think the Raiders had to bring somebody in that was going to shake up the organization because the organization wasn't going anywhere. Now, yes, I do agree that I don't think things are going to move forward until Al Davis is gone. But I think Al Davis found a guy who can make all of the players in the locker room perform at their highest. I don't know what transpired in the locker room, but if Tom Cables did punch Hanson, apparently something transpired that, Tom, that that Cables did not like. Do I condone the punching? No, I don't. But you have to you have to set some presence in the locker room to know that there's a change that's 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 going on here, and I think that's what happened. I think all that is overrated. From from what I disagree with you saying about going and making a presence and, and being. Uh, uh, very physical, or either by punching or, or verbally, because you know, look at look at uh, Tony Dungy for example. You know, he has a whole different style of, of coaching. Yeah, he's he's outside the uh, the box of all the other coaches, but he was very successful. It took a while to turn around Tampa Bay as well as he was successful in uh, Indianapolis with uh, with the coach. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you on the fact that I don't condone the fact that somebody got hit. But my whole argument was that you know, from the commissioner's standpoint, I think that Roger Goodell has something on his hands. He needs to make a decision and can't look away at the situation as if he wants Al, Al Davis to handle that because it's Al Davis' organization. I think uh, it should be if he's laying the law down on players, he should also lay it down on coaches. So I want to see how that turns out for Tom Cable. If it shows that after the NFL investigation, it shows that he actually punched Randy Hanson, the assistant coach, in the face and broke his jaw. Well, I'll tell you what, I, you know, I agree with you. I, I, you know, I do think that Roger Goodell has to handle this. I don't think Al Davis is capable of, of handling this, you know, at, at his age. I do think that this should be something that is handled by the NFL front office. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk. Let's recap the Cowboys. We're talking to the Raiders. So let's go ahead and recap the Cowboys Raiders game from last week. Uh, Raiders beat the Cowboys 26-18. And uh, let's talk about Romo. Tony Romo threw eight yard uh, eight yard pass to his favorite target, Jason Witten. Uh, but, you know, the Raiders, uh, uh, Jamarcus Russell, you know, he, he looked decent. Uh, I think this is a make-it-break year for him. Uh, he looked very poor in the, in, in the pocket. He completed six of nine passes for 50 yards. So if he can somehow figure out how to be more uh, – well, also they try to go deep off into the new uh, wide receiver, uh, Haywood Bay, and that was very unsuccessful. So they can find some chemistry between them two, and, and uh, Jamarcus Russell can find a way to, to hit other targets and find some kind of chemistry. I think the Raiders will make make some kind of leeway this year, but not. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Well, I, I don't know about the playoffs either, but I tell you what, you know, if, 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 if uh, Demarcus, uh, if he can spread, if he can, if he can spread the offense 
and uh, and get the ball downfield. I think it's going to open up, you know, Derek McFadden and all the other running backs. I think it's going to open up the running game uh, for the Raiders. I do think that they are going to be an improved team uh, uh, from last year. It's not going to surprise me if they make the playoffs, but, you know, like you said, if Russell can spread the ball down the field and, and you know, they have the running game with McFadden, I think they're going to be a pretty good team. Yeah, Russell needs to learn how to look off look off the safety as well. He had a couple of picks. I want to say he had a couple of picks or almost picks, picks uh, interceptions on that game because he was pretty much staring at, the, you know, quarterbacks have to be able to uh, change change the direction of the safeties by their eyes, and he was just – he wasn't successful doing that last week, so I want to see how he progressed heading into this week as far as making those adjustments. And, you know, we talked about the Cowboys, and, uh, you know, we always got to talk about Mike Irvin. Dancing with the Stars cast came out, uh, will premiere this, this September 21st, and uh, contestants came out this past Monday. Uh, guys on the list, or people on the list, was somebody like Maya, Maya the singer, uh, Macy Gray, Chuck Liddell, and former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Michael Irvin. Uh, Jacob, do you think Michael Irvin do well on this on this show, Dancing with the Star, like Emmett did? Uh, well, hey, you know, I've never seen Mike dance, but uh, you know, you know, maybe maybe he will. You know, God, you know, hey. Maybe he will, but I tell you what, with Maya being on Dancing with the Stars, I'm definitely going to watch the show. <laughs> man, I hope your wife not listening to the show. So, but anyway, I think I think Mike, man, Mike Irvin will do. I think. I mean, I, like you said, I've I never seen him dance before, so and that that seems to be remain. But at the same time, he's a former hall. Of, he's a former football player, Hall of Famer, and he's a former wide receiver. So normally, wide receivers have good feet. I mean, great feet, and able to be agile. You know, on the go. Emmett did very well on the show, being a running back. So the history shows on that show. On the history shows that on Dancing with the Star, if you're an offensive player, you do well. Jerry Rice did well too. So I want to see how that plays out um, with Michael Irvin premiering on Dancing with the Star in September. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, some more quarterbacks. Let's talk about rookie quarterbacks. Mark Sanchez debut last week against the Rams. Uh, Jacob, I thought Mark Sanchez was very impressive in his debut. He went deep first play of the game, 48 yards. Uh, I forgot the wide receiver he went deep to, but uh, give me your take on Mark Sanchez's debut last week. You know, you know, he he was very, you know, he looked good. He was very, you know, he was very excited about completing that pass. He reminded me of uh, of uh, Brett Favre when he completed that pass, jumping in the air. But you know, he he has a, you know, he has a lot to learn, and uh, you know, but you know where he's at right now is, you know, he he looks good. He looks good, but you know, of course, you know, the Jets they have that quarterback battle up there with Clemens and Sanchez, and it's going to be interesting to see who uh, Rex Ryan is going to put on the field for that first. Game. Yeah, you mentioned Clemens. Clemens, he lived. I mean, he got overshadowed by Mark Sanchez's pass, the forty-yard pass, and the way he did as a rookie. But Clemens, you know, he did okay. He looked sharp. He completed like four passes during the first two series, but then he was out after that. They pulled him with like twenty-eight seconds left in the first quarter, so he didn't stand there long enough to see to see uh, what he was going. I mean, for me to evaluate him. But from what I saw, he, he looked pretty good. Uh, uh, Rex Ryan also stated this week that uh, Mark Sanchez. Was will make his will start this this preseason game against the Ravens. So I'm really want to see how Mark Sanchez play against Ray Lewis and the crew down there in Baltimore. So want to check that out. But let's talk about the St. Louis Rams real quick. Uh, Mark Bolger, you know, he went four for four for 24 yards as a quarterback for the Rams. But uh, what's up with St. Louis, man? You think they'll be contenders this year? You know. <sighs> You know, it's hard, man. You know, if, if they can get Jackson going and like you said, Boulder has to, uh, you know, his, his, his ratings, his passing rating has to go up a little bit in order for St. Louis to be, you know, effective this year. You know, it's one of those sleeper teams, like you don't know that much about them. Uh, you know, they can be, on one hand, they can be good, but on the other hand, they can be bad. And, I, you know, I just think we have to wait and see what transpires out of St. Louis. Yeah, we definitely see what takes place in St. Louis, man. Yeah. Now they got, I guess they got a new owner. I know their owner last year passed away, and they was looking to sell a team. So uh, they're staying in St. Louis, so I hope they do well this season. And I want to see how they play, how that plays out in St. Louis. But let's go real quick. Let's go back to the New York Jets. Sean Ellis, he was suspended by the league without pay, fined for 100K, 100 k, hundred thousand dollars by the NFL for violating the league substance abuse. 
for possession of marijuana. You know, we talked about bonehead decisions earlier, but I don't want to really talk about any more bonehead decisions. I'm tired of them. So, uh, Jacob, I got a question for you, man. Uh, if you was, you know, Sean Ellis and the tough economy days, man, you know, how would you feel losing 100k? Well, he he actually lost more than 100k because the NFL, the league, fined him 100k. The team actually fined him 273,000. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he he actually, you know, that was that was a pretty expensive bag of marijuana he had. There. <laughs> But uh, hey, $373,000, man, hey, I, I can do a lot of things with that. Yeah, man, I hear you. Uh, one more thing about the Jets, man. We have two minutes before our next break, but one more thing about the Jets. I saw an article come out, I mean, came out this past week about the Jets stating that, that they're encouraging their players to use a social networking site, Twitter. Uh, a lot of NFL teams, including our Houston Texans, uh, uh, do not condone Twitter in the organization or on the field, in the facilities. But New York Jets, man, they openly embrace Twitter, man. And they lead the league We're right now with 11 players on the Twitter uh, social networking site. Uh, Jacob, do you think Twitter is a good or bad? Is good or bad for professional sports so far? Well, uh, here's 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 my thing about you know that 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 topic. Number one, I think it's great that they actually open you know allow the players to go you know to 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 uh, go on Twitter and so, and socially network with people because. Lamont, you have to understand, if you look, you know, and I was sitting down thinking about this uh, earlier, you look at basketball, if, if you're a fan in, in the stands, you can actually see the, re, you know, the reaction and the response of a basketball player, see his face. The same thing with, with baseball. With football, you really can't see the guy's face because he has a helmet on. So yeah. I think this draws the fans much closer to that app, you know, that football athlete. And I think this was a great decision by the New York Jets, and I think you're going to see more teams doing this. Yeah, I mean, I know the Texans does allow uh, Twitter and doing the practice on the practice field or in the facilities, but I mean, you can't control what somebody's going to do. I mean, what a player's going to do with their own cell phone, they pay their own bill. I mean. That's my opinion. I mean, they're making something out of nothing. I mean, what he's putting about, you know, my hamstrings tight, or you know, he's not. Uh, he, if he's any type of player that's trying to make the team or be successful this year, he's not going to be tweeting anything that's top secret. You know, Chad Ochocinco is threatening about Twitter and doing the game, but he's not going to really do anything uh, outrageous. He's just going to say something silly or you know make people laugh. But I just think the league, the league is so big on controlling content, man, and controlling things. I think they're really going to try to control the situation. But you hear that music, Jacob? It's time for us to take another break. After this break, we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show. Next on Outside the Huddle, Lee Mott Williams and co-host Jacob Greer on the Voice America Sports Network. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports what's it like what's it like it's lonely it's really lonely i miss my brother i miss my brother i'm surrounded by other people but it's not the same i've got other people around me but it's not the same it's pretty scary but i don't let it rattle it's pretty me scary around here but i don't let it rattle me you always have to watch your back there's no one to watch my back i spend my whole day worried who's out to get i'm me. always wondering who's out to get me but i can take care of myself but i can take care of myself no matter what i'll keep my head up no matter what i'll keep my head up it's not like i have a choice it's not like i have a choice this will all be over in five years three months and 17 days this will all be over in five years three months and 17 days Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get 
get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Grigg from the Voice of American Sports Network. Jacob, this is our last segment before we wrap up the show, so let's continue to talk a little more NFL, and we'll finish up with a little bit about uh, Usain Bolt. Um, let's go ahead and finish. We, you know, you mentioned you want to talk a little bit more about Rex Ryan before the break or during the break. So Rex Ryan... Uh, uh, made a statement this, this, this past week, like always, stating that the Ravens made a mistake about giving this Pro Bowl DN, former Pro Bowl B, uh, DN, Michael McCray, uh, retired number to a rookie. You know, and, you know, since, uh, this is my opinion now, Jacob, since Coach Ryan, you know, has taken over the head coaching job in New York, he has been running his mouth, going back and forth with teams and players down in Miami. Uh, do you think he needs to kind of focus more on the Jets or you like him continue jabbing with teams and players throughout the league? No, I, I really think he should. Uh, I really think he should really just focus on the Jets. Uh, uh, but you know, I can understand where he's coming from regarding uh, McCarthy. You know, uh, the guy's getting ready to be selected into the Ravens' ring ring of fame, uh, which means his name is going to go up on the stadium. And uh, you know, I guess he was. You know, I think he should. I, I guess he was thinking that jersey should have been retired and, and that number put up on side. You know, of Mike's name. But uh, he he really needs to focus on his team. But hey. He's in New York. He's Buddy Ryan's son. What more could you ask for? Yeah, uh, a horrible season, and he's going to backfire and bite him in the mouth. He needs. I think he needs to kind of buckle down and kind of just focus on the team uh, and that media market in New York. I mean, you sneeze the wrong way, and they're going to write something about it. So I think he needs to kind of. It's just my opinion. I just think he needs to focus more on the team instead of worrying about what the linebackers doing down in Miami as well as somebody's retiring a jersey in Baltimore or receiving a jersey number in Baltimore. I don't know if he used, you know, guys use small things for bullets to board material in the NFL and with Rex feeding the fire. He just hurting him. Even though it's preseason, he's just hurting himself. I just think he just needs to. And it's entertaining. It's entertaining. I ain't gonna lie, but I watch it, so it's entertaining. But at the same time, I think he needs to just go ahead and focus on who's gonna be a starting quarterback for Week One. Real quick, we'll talk about the Ravens, man. Preseason games, really nothing to talk about. They dominated the uh, the Redskins, man. They beat them twenty three to nothing. Joe Flacco picked up where he left off last year uh, as a rookie. Went nine for fifteen for one hundred and three yards. Backup quarterback Troy Smith, also from Ohio State, former Ohio State Buckeye, went 14 for 30 for 200 yards. Jacob, man, Redskins, Jason Campbell, is he a franchise quarterback or you think he's just, you know, an average quarterback? 
Uh, no. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. But I think he's on the verge. I think he's on the verge. He's still, he's still, he's an above average quarterback to me. But, but, uh, but I think he has the tools, the size, the speed to be a very, very good quarterback. I don't know what's going on with him and the Washington Redskins. I don't know if, you know, something has happened between him and the front office. But, you know, you think you would give the, you, you would have a little bit more confidence in that guy. He's been your quarterback for the last, you know, four or five years. You think he would have a little confidence in that guy. Yeah, uh, he had to sit down a meeting last week with, I mean, not last week, last, this past April with the owner, Daniel Snyder. I probably went in a little bit into his confidence level when the owner doesn't feel like he's a franchise quarterback. But then he had different coordinators throughout his career in Redskins. So this is his make or break year. Not in the NFL, but I think with the Redskins. So we'll see. Uh, you know, right now the jury's still out as if he's a franchise quarterback. But he's a he's above average quarterback in my opinion. So we'll see. Let's go and talk about another African-American or black quarterback in the NFL. And that's our hometown guy, Vince Young. Vince Young kind of stepped his game up last week in the preseason game against the Buccaneers after coming off that disappointing first game against the Buffalo Bills in the Hall of Fame game. Vince threw for 135 yards and a touchdown. You know, uh, Jacob, do you think Vince Young will be a starter uh, sometime during this season? Well, if the last preseason game is any indication, he definitely will. But, you know, here's what Vince Young has to do. Vince Young has to Stay focused on Vince Young. He can't worry about outside forces. He can't worry about what Kerry Collins is going to do. He can't worry about that starting position. He has to worry about himself being the best that Vince Young can be. Once he does that, all of that other stuff will take care of itself. Yeah. We got less than three minutes before the show ends, man. The show going by fast today. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about the NFL players possibly locking out in 2011. NFL PA DeMore Smith notified the players last week or this week a possible 2011 lockout. Uh, Jacob, what's your thoughts on the future of the NFL if, is there, if there's a lockout? Well, Lamar, I, I, honestly, I do think it's going to be a, there's going to be a lockout. I just don't think the owners are going to give in. You know, you're talking about an uncapped year. They've been selling that for years to the players, and it's finally coming, you know, to tuition. And I, I just, I, I, I don't think the owners are going to give in to the players, and I think they're going to lock it out. If, if they lock out, man, the league's going to hurt, in my opinion. It's going to hurt real bad because it's going to be like a baseball situation where you have the Yankees and, and no salary cap. They have all the money to get the best players as well as the Red Sox. Then you have guys like the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, lower end market. They only can pay guys $30 million a year. So uh, guys, teams like Cincinnati, uh, small medium market teams, Cleveland Browns, yeah. then they're going to suffer if, if there's no salary cap, you know. Uh, so I hope they're able to get the, a new CBA agreement before that current contract expires. Real quick, we have less than a minute. Usain Bolt broke the world championship record this past week in 100 meters, 9.58, Jacob. Do you think Usain Bolt will be a good football player if he ever I think played? He'll be, I think he'll be a great football player. One thing he, he will do is, number one, he will spread your defense. And that's why I think he's going to be a great wide receiver if he decides to come to the NFL. You know, if, 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 you know, with his speed, I don't, I just don't think that you can cover him with the defensive back. I, I think that safety has to cheat every time that guy is over there. And I think he'll be a great football player. I, I, I think so too. He'll probably be the, uh, resurrected version of Bob Hayes, uh, Bullet Bob Hayes. But, uh, if he makes that chance, transition to football, somebody pick him up. But Jacob, it's that time where we need to thank all the listeners who listen to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. Have a blessed week and remember, sports plus business equals well. Peace. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host Jacob Greer. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.